finished chewing this way. <laughs> How many calories is it? Um, 38. <laughs> so it's, you're, you're basically just eating, eating yeah. air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just for something to do. My mouth is bored. Um, well, do you know what I'm doing? What are you doing? I've been looking up uh, how hot fire has to be to um, <laughs> to burn brick. Okay, and? And there seems to be an actual heat. Uh, I think it's about 2,300 or 2,800 Fahrenheit. Crikey. Um, I can't find that in Celsius. Um, and do you know where I found it? I found it... <laughs> Don't tell me on... it's something to do with the books. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Well, on a forum or something, is it? It's a, it's a blog, uh, a post of ice and fire, but mostly fire, um, <laughs> where this guy has laid out the sort of the logic of um, how hot fire would have to be. And because Harrenhal was burned down, wasn't it? Yeah, it was absolutely melted, that was. Yeah. So he says, th- so this guy goes on to say basically that at a high enough temperature, I th- oh, he says a minimum temperature of around 2,800 degrees Fahrenheit. I okay. don't know what that is in centigrade Celsius. Um, but mm. um, then it would literally melt. Jesus, it's, pro- it's, it's a good thing John found that rock in Winterfell then, wasn't it? He really looked out back then <laughs> to hide behind. Yeah, that one rock. Yeah. Of well, all the places he could have chosen to hide, he picked the best possible spot. The, for some reason, the one rock that was resistant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, what do you think? Of The Bells. Uh, That's the name of the episode. Oh, is it? Yeah, I, I was a bit shocked. I was like, wait, what? I love how you always every every episode of our podcast starts with you telling me what the name of the, uh, the name of the actual episode was, <laughs> as and if every, that has any value whatsoever. <laughs> but also every time I'm surprised because I haven't looked. So yeah, that's good. Um, well, no, I don't know what. Yeah, know what that, that's good. Um, okay, what did I think? Yeah, you see, you sent a text earlier, and basically I agree with that. And what you said was, this would be one of the best episodes of the show ever if it had the proper setup. Now, if we ignore any issues with setup for the time being, as a contained piece, it is amazing, I think. It's really, 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 really good stuff. Yeah. What about you? Uh, it's, ex- it's exactly how I feel. Exactly how I feel. So it's kind of going back to that thing we spoke about uh, the beginning of the uh, Long Night episode when yep. I said, you know, I I had less expectations now. And it's kind of the same sort of thing. If you... If you remove the, <laughs> basically, if you if you forget everything else ever happened in the show ever, <laughs> just like and Danny you, and the Iron Fleet, am yeah, I right? Exactly, just like that. We'll talk about that a bit later, maybe. Um, yep. The the actual episode itself is is brilliant, better than any I've seen before, or probably. Um, yeah. As a contained episode, there's probably only two or three parts of the episode that in and of itself don't work um, and yes. I, I mean that in a way that's uh, contained to, to, to that one episode probably only yeah. two or three parts of it and that's that's nothing in a, in a show that scale of this to exactly. have two or three moments that you know bring you out of it a little bit which I could bring up later or whatever but, um, but yeah as a contained piece of entertainment and drama it's it was superb I thought I was and I was really absorbed and emotionally invested as well. Yeah. So then when you consider the flaws or rather the lack of grounding for some of it, which we can go into in a second, mm-hmm. the fact that I was ab- absorbed at all is a feat, um, which I was. Yeah, that they managed to elevate you from your criticisms and having those like at the forefront of your mind the whole time. Exactly. Yeah. Because I, I was worried and I was concerned about the characters and about certain characters yeah. Um, and that's that's a great feat and in terms of storytelling in and of itself the, the most of the problems come down to the fact that it's it's been rushed isn't it yeah I think pretty much yeah most of them can actually just be tracked to that yeah if you yeah. if you sort of follow the whole root of all the problems it just seems to be that it literally just seems to be if they if they've given us a couple of extra seasons yeah then we could truly have had and I, I think that's what's most disappointing for us and for fans of the show is that 
this was close to being one of the best shows ever. Yeah. And yeah, just the fact that they had all the pieces and they had their end game in sight, but mm. they've decided to rush it at the last minute. Yeah. Like the, it, that's the weird thing. They have everything they need, but they just went too fast. And we don't know exactly the reasons for that. That's the other thing we have to be aware of. We don't mm. know contract stipulations. We don't know, well, we don't know a lot of things, but it, the truth of the matter is, is if you want something bad enough, if you believe in something and the integrity of something bad enough and, and the integrity of the, the overall story and what that means, then you, then you can find a way. And what yep. I mean by that is, is unfortunately, and it is the way of the world, but most people have a price. Every man has a price, as they say. And if it was a matter for the actors, this show had was bringing in enough money to hold most of those key cast until yep. the very end. Yeah, and and if they'd have, if they if they wanted to walk away from the project, then at the end of the day, it's their loss. Most fans would go, okay, well, fair play. They've stuck by their guns. They've they've um, prioritized the story, which is what they could have done. Just prioritize the story as a first and foremost. And yeah. if you lose a couple of cast members, even big ones, it's it's a real shame, and it's really it would really take you out of it. But if it was for the benefit of the overall production, it's ten seasons, or whatever, I think most people would be would be happy with that. Yeah. And I think if that was the sort of the problem they were facing, I think they should have just done it. But we, we'll never know. That's the problem. We don't know why it was rushed, and it has ended up feeling rushed. And there's never been an episode that's more truthfully exemplified that fact than this one. Yeah, totally. Oh, right. Let's get into it, shall we? Yeah. Okay. So, what? How does this start again? Oh, it's like Varys. The whole Varys ordeal. Yeah. Opens it up, doesn't it? It does. The weird thing about Varys is, um, you know, I, I, again, all those scenes, they worked well enough for me in this episode. But again, in the wider context, the history of the show that we have to take into account, I, I don't understand Varys, and I don't know what he wanted. I don't know what his end game was, and I don't know why he was still around now I said a lot there but basically Varys hasn't really done anything that has impacted the plot since the end of season 6 when he was the go between between Daenerys and the Tyrells and the Martells when he steps in and he says that he will give them fire and blood if they ally themselves with Daenerys now that's how he sells Daenerys to them fire and blood yet now two seasons later he's done a complete 180 flip um i don't know what he expected to be honest he seemed happy enough before i do you not expect her to use the dragons anyway all of this is just again yeah it's speculation we don't have a clue about any of this stuff because virus is now dead uh just like Littlefinger. i think they kept him around for as long as they did just for the final sowing the seeds of say like discontent in Daenerys's mind uh, feeding her paranoia because he supported John or whatever and that's his purpose complete now so kill him off but anyway yeah basically Varys had one more thing to do we saw him kind of gearing up for it in the last episode he fulfilled his purpose in this episode so he was killed off and that's all well and good and it works but it doesn't really justify the amount of time he was hanging around doing nothing beforehand yeah I get what you're saying yeah I mean they probably didn't have to show him for a lot of those episodes where he was hanging around I suppose when you think about it they didn't even have to actually have him in the shot so yeah I agree because I guess this all comes down to again the, the, the broad stroke of Daenerys going mad Mm. and what you're saying is is that his function in all of that was quite clear Varys's yeah. and Daenerys going mad at the end of this feels fine it feels right in a lot of respects it doesn't feel earned mm. in terms of the story that we've been shown all it feels like is if we missed some of the story as if like yeah. that's all exactly. it yeah it doesn't feel like in the moment it doesn't feel like it was realistic it just feels like they've missed out something exactly yeah and like every you're right in isolation everything about it feels right 
and yeah Amelia Clark did a bloody good job really good job selling actually. that yeah, yeah she was amazing in this really came to the fore as an actress in this yep. right to, and it's um, great to see that because a lot of people have criticised her over the years but it's great to see her like right here at the end uh, really pushing everything she has and like really selling this uh, part of Danny that's pretty hard to swallow exactly exactly it's hard to swallow and a lot of people a lot of fans will be upset with the twist that's occurred in Daenerys's character here um and it's not we'll come back to this as well but yeah. it's not because people people need to understand that those who are upset about the the development of Daenerys aren't upset because they feel like oh it's Daenerys they're upset because it doesn't feel earned to them it doesn't feel like it was developed properly and it, it feels out left of center and it feels yeah and it yeah, I've got a, another point about that, which I'll come to later. But the reason why I brought that back in there was because you mentioned Varys and his whole function became clear. The problem is, is that everything gets signposted just before things happen now. So <laughs> yeah. the very fact that Varys started to see, the very fact that Varys brought up Daenerys going a bit funny, even though we hadn't really had any evidence of it, to be honest, mm. last no. episode, um, and Tyrion and him had that conversation last episode and then the very fact that he started to write that letter at the beginning of this episode shows us what's going to happen yeah so if this had been happening as part of something wider it would have all felt more earned but it's not it just ends up being tacked on because they end up shoving it into and then you know exactly what's going to happen they wouldn't put those scenes in otherwise yeah. um, and you know that as it's happening so mm -hmm it's not unpredictable that it is unpredictable but it's but it's not when you're watching it because you then know exactly what's going to happen because otherwise those scenes wouldn't exist yes exactly yeah um yeah and Varys I think it's clear that Varys believed in protecting the realm yeah. um <laughs> this goes back to a problem we had a few episodes ago when San uh Arya said that Sansa was the smartest person she'd ever met yeah because which is because yeah which is now a reality because yeah. Arya said that to us the audience exactly and that, yeah. that's that's what they've done here with Varys suddenly out of nowhere even <sighs> though we've had six seasons where we've had no real evidence of that from obviously the first season and the second season it was clear he was trying to pull strings uh, subtly to to keep the realm ticking over and he did mention it once or twice in season two if i remember rightly yeah but you saw evidence of it so then in season eight when he randomly starts saying i've only ever been here to, i only want the best for the realm again you as a viewer are just expected to 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 stomach that and buy it immediately and we do for the most part but then yeah with if you give it any thought whatsoever you realise that there's been no evidence of it it's just him saying it because he's not really done anything to make things happen and in fact the very first time we see him trying to do something to make things happen which is in this episode yeah. he gets found out almost immediately yeah. <laughs> so yeah it's again as soon as you start looking into this show with any degree of scrutiny it starts to crumble away a bit <laughs> yeah but yeah as you said it in isolation, everything is fine. You just have to pretend we've you've missed a few episodes or something. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Totally that. Yeah. Which is is again, if if we were watching a movie, we wouldn't. It'd be fine. Um, mm. It's it's just because we've been given a a style of filmmaking and of writing in the earlier seasons that's just yep. been abandoned. And it hasn't even been slowly abandoned. It's been quite quickly abandoned. Um, and yeah. we, we're sort of being demanded as a viewer to, to take it. And even casual viewers find, are finding it jarring. And again, they might not know why they're finding it jarring, but you know, these are the reasons. We're just being told things and they happen and they're presented to us. But, yeah. if, but if you can just kind of go, okay, forget that. Don't, don't think too much about the overall context just just pretend you've missed a few episodes like you said yeah. then 
then it's actually it's fine and on top of that it's done really really well it's really good yeah yeah yeah. So, so it's a really strange episode in that regard because it it is it was re- just so strong throughout, like yeah. in in most ways. Yeah. And that next scene where Daenerys is, you know, I think it's the next scene anyway, where she's basically breaking down, or she it looks like she has broken down. You know. Oh God! And her hair is all dishevelled, and her eyes are red, and all that. Yeah. Yeah, she just yeah, looks yeah. brilliant. She looked yeah, really good. It's just a side of her you'd never seen before. No. And yeah, it's really good. Yeah, just re- really, really well done from and the, uh, from Milly Clark. Yeah, yeah. But, and this is the thing; it just makes me want to have seen more of that. Exactly. Like yeah. I wish it, like because that's it now. That, yeah. That's that part of her done because we only have one episode left, and yeah. I just wish that was stretched over a longer period of time. Exactly what I was thinking because it's it's been reduced to a two minute scene essentially, seeing her yeah uh, reg- regress. And yeah, that's just as you say. It just makes me wish that we'd had the same level of deep exploration of the character that we'd had in the earlier seasons. Because this is the interesting stuff. This is what we were here for, for from the beginning. This yeah. is what we wanted to see. Now, I think the problem is becomes when they think, well, yeah, it's all very well saying that, but if you start to signpost things too much, if you start to show the audience too much, then it becomes obvious what the twist's going to be. Mm. That's how they're thinking, but. There are two parts to that. First of all, it was obvious what the what the twist was anyway. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So that you can forget about that. Secondly, I've now realized and under, and I I've finally understood why Game of Thrones worked so well with its twists in inverted commas. And we said before that they just always felt like they were going to like they should have happened after the twist had happened. Mm-hmm. Now, that wasn't the case here because we hadn't had any of the the backing to it yeah. so let me give you an example you watch a horror movie and you get scared not because you don't expect it but because you know there's something coming and there's suspense that's being built and the reason you know something's coming is because the music goes all quiet the characters have a long pause and then boom the thing happens so yep. that period there is them building suspense, but it's a horror movie. You know that's that's the shtick it's going for. That's the that's the point of it. So what George did with Ned having his head chopped off was they built everything really obviously towards Ned getting his head chopped off, really obviously, mm-hmm. and then it happened anyway. So the, so where why it's a shock is because not only have we not seen that before in television and all that sort of stuff. It's because it was presented in a way that made it look like it was going to subvert it the other way. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. It, the, the subversion of your expectations is that you weren't subverted. Exactly. So what mm. they did with this is the opposite of that, where they they build towards it all and then have her standing on that wall with with her dragon, and she looks around, and you now know that she's going to do the thing because you know mm-hmm. how the filmmakers work now, which is that they only try to shock. Yeah. So it, 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 it does the thing that you aren't meant to expect, which then conversely becomes the thing that you expect to happen. Yeah. You know, everything that happened with Ned Stark, everything that happened with Theon and the kids, um, the Red Wedding, they yep. build towards it in such a way that you know, it looks like something's going to happen, but you, but, well, the Red Wedding's a bit different in fairness. But with most of the things, they look like that's what's going to happen, and then they happen anyway. Mm-hmm. With the with the Daenerys thing and the and the dragon and the fire, they've too strongly hit us over the head for six, seven seasons with her being goody two shoes. Yeah, and then they decided to change tack too late, and then it becomes a case of well. We know what to expect now, <laughs> but yeah. So even if your even if your goal is to is subversion of expectations, it 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 didn't do that. Is what I'm no. saying. No. Tyrion starts his little bell spiel to Daenerys. Then doesn't he? I yes. 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 He, he starts talking about the bells. He mentions this a lot in the episode. <laughs> He's obsessed with those bells. Is Tyrion, and. Uh, yeah, if that's fine again, it's fine in isolation. It makes sense, but 
like the bells have already been established in season two as signaling an attack not surrender because the bell they ring those bells in season two at the start of the Blackwater episode to signal to the city that Stannis Baratheon is coming and to get the hell inside and you know barricade everywhere yeah so they've just changed the meaning of the bells here but you know fine in isolation it doesn't matter but again Tyrion was there in Black at Blackwater he even mentioned does he mention it this episode I don't know he was there anyway uh, but now for some reason he's insistent that the bells actually mean surrender Anyway, that's such a minor, minor, minor criticism it's, to make, well, but it, it did bug me a bit. Show me an example of that. I've always hated the bells. They ring for horror. A dead king, a city under siege. A wedding. Exactly. Is that welcoming the new king? I've never known bells to mean surrender. If the city surrenders, they will ring the bells and raise the gates. Please, if you hear them ringing the bells, call off the attack. I've never known bells to mean surrender. Give the order to ring all the bells in King's Landing and open the gates. Mm. That will be our signal that the city has surrendered. I've never known bells to mean surrender. If you hear the bells ring, they've surrendered. Call off your men. I've never known bells to mean surrender. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's not, it's not, I don't think it's a minor example. Um, really? Yeah, and the reason why I don't think it's a minor example is because... Yeah, as you say, it's the opposite of what it was previously meant to be. And not only was it something that he becomes adamant about that it means, but it's the expectation within King's Landing that that's what it means as well. To the point, to the yeah. point where every single civilian is shouting, "Ring the bells!" Like, yeah, why? Yeah, because they I, know. Yeah, I, did, yeah, I didn't get that. Now, yeah, I didn't get why the why <laughs> the normal civilian people were shouting that. Well, what? That, that's what I mean. Who because they, who, who are they talking to? Yeah, this is what I'm. This is what I mean, really. I guess is that if 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 it was the case that it was just something that Tyrion and Daenerys and Cersei and Jaime had all agreed between them, not Jaime. Yeah, Jaime had all agreed between themselves that this was the marker of surrender in in this particular instance. Then yeah. I would say that your point is invalid. Yeah. Um, but it but it clearly isn't because everyone else seems to know about it as well, to yeah. the point where these civilians are shouting out ring the bells because it's a <laughs> it's a sort of a common indicator apparently at this point of surrender which oh. was never the case and you've we've established that now yeah there's one more of these criticisms i will make uh and i'll only make it now because i'll forget about it otherwise because it's later on in the episode is when cersei is looking out across king's landing and she says the red keep has never fallen right right i guess she completely forgot about Robert's Rebellion when her own father and Ned Stark stormed the Red Keep they took the Red Keep the mountains smashed the Targaryen children to death Jaime was sitting on the Iron Throne after killing the Mad King and only got down after Ned Stark walked up to him and intimidated him off it but I guess she forgot about that minor incident that happened 20 years ago or something I found that that line was really weird well did, did, does she not mean it more literally as in what? It's never been destroyed. Well, fallen. As in literally fallen. Well, yeah, okay. She, she's right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's right. That's not what she meant. No, I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to make excuses. I know, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, again, who cares? It's it's an isolated episode. We like it as its yeah. own unit. So, yeah. fine. It's like, it's like people have all made their own versions of Game of Thrones. And this is a really bloody good version of... Daenerys going mad yeah. it's, just, it's just like it feels like I'm watching someone's interpretation of, of a historical event and they've taken some liberties and embellishments um, <laughs> and I've got to remember that Game of Thrones isn't really a historical event it's not really a thing yeah. Um, it's, but yeah it's, it, yeah, it's, it's really odd actually because now it, like as we've said in and of itself this episode worked brilliantly and, and the whole bells ringing worked brilliantly and fine you yeah. just have to forget everything else that you ever learned about the show <laughs> in the previous seven and a half seasons. Yeah. Um, and we, I guess this episode, we do get a bit of the old Tyrion back, sort of. Um, the slightly shallow representation of Tyrion presented in a way which is trying to convince us in the moment that it's the old Tyrion. Yeah. 
because <laughs> he speaks like he sounds like the old Tyrion and he looks like the old Tyrion and he does he does things that are like the old Tyrion um yeah yeah and there was a really beautiful moment later in the episode with him and Jamie as well him and Jamie yeah yeah I love that um yeah. actually they, they did something shortly after the Daenerys and Tyrion chat about the bells which was something I suggested didn't I or we did is this with the the small folk the civilians yeah yeah, yeah. and they did it really well and they before they even focused on that mother and her daughter I noticed that they were doing a little bit of it anyway just showing that a random woman like getting a baby inside or whatever like yeah. you know little bits and bobs like that and I just thought little, this is little close ups on extras yeah yeah massively and then they focused on this mother and her child which I thought was a really smart idea and I will come back to the, their uh, the end of their arc so to speak later but I thought mm-hmm. Just, I just thought the way they dealt with that whole situation was brilliant. Yeah, no, I agree. I really like that. And it, it, it's funny that we talked about it last week and here we go, it happened again. Is that a direction thing? Because didn't we say, like, yeah. the last the last instance, the last clear and really well done instance of that was at Hired Home and we mentioned that and now Saposhnik directed this episode as well and it's happened again. So is that a coincidence in writing or is it a direction thing mm. we spoke about this briefly at the time in terms of whether it was directional writing I mean it is writing in the very yeah. in its most distilled form that would be what the script would say yeah um, but then I don't know whether I've imagined this but I've just got a feeling that Sapochnik had said in an interview this could be completely wrong so it might not be worth even me saying it to be honest I've just got a feeling that I read somewhere that Sapochnik had said we need someone to care about but I don't know whether that's my brain playing tricks because we've had this conversation he did um, say that he did say that I remember reading that as well I, yeah. I, I, re- I really like Sapochnik though do you know what I always notice about his episodes it never crosses my mind when I'm normally watching the show but him and his DOP Fabian Wagner I think yeah their their cinematography is so much better than what's usually presented on the show I just they're such interesting shots in their episodes and they really have good like use of uh, depth of field and focus pulling and stuff I always notice that in their episodes I noticed it the Battle of Winterfell there in the Long Night and I noticed it here again and right. I know it really really stands out to me I, I just think they're really good and I wish more of the show was like that mm-hmm I mean, I I don't know enough about the pattern of those director that director and DOP combination to be able to say whether or not yeah what my opinion is on that partnership. But I can certainly say that in this episode it was amazing. You know, the direction and the the photography, like yeah. inc- like just absolutely top top <laughs> top of the range stuff. And you know, it's funny uh, as much as everyone talked up the Battle of Winterfell being inspired by or similar to Helm's Deep before it happened, right? Mm. It, it didn't remind me of Helm's Deep at all, but this episode reminded me of the Siege of Minas Tirith in The Return of the King. Yeah. Just with the, the you know, the white walls, yeah. the destruction, the the chaos on street level, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's a good really point, similar. yeah. Gandalf running up the stairs yeah. with, the, with the white horse. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That was a joke because he wasn't in this. Oh, was he not? <laughs> yeah no no I totally agree it really yeah visually it actually did have a bit yeah. of a similar feel to it now I'm thinking about it mm. roll the clip oh it's more work for me <laughs> yeah I'm just trying I'm just going to keep on saying it so I get you to do more and more work roll the clip fuck off <laughs> everything I say now is going to say roll the clip yeah oh my god since we're since we're talking about Sapochnik Oh. Yeah, rolling clips. I, I noticed another thing. This is my last Sapochnik-related point I think I'll make, right? Mm-hmm. This is just another conspiracy theory observation by me. Yeah. Uh, he directed Hard Home, as we've said. He directed this, as we've said. When Tyrion and Jon and Davos, Davos are <laughs> going on the little boat up to the the camp, which is really close to the walls of King's Landing for some reason, but uh, when they're sailing up to that little camp, it looks exactly like Hard Home. I'm pretty sure they must have shot that at the same location, which I think is that Magramoran quarry up in Antrim. They shoot a few things yeah, up in that location. Is, it it is... looked so similar to Hard Home. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, roll really? the clip and show the difference. 
That's hilarious. Oh, I actually think they were the same. Actually, thinking about it. Well, like, that's the last. That's the last point I'm bringing off because I'm not. I'm not. Nah, I'm not doing any more clips. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, sorry. Some people don't buy where Jamie is at in his sort of arc now. Mm. Um, you feel like he's regressed. Am I right? I think really. See, the thing is, Nikolai always sells these moments, so it's not a problem with his performance at all. It's not a problem with anyone he interacts with. It's just, I don't... I don't buy, really, that Jamie has gone for so many seasons, he's gradually, gradually kind of accepted more of his his good charitable nature and, like, pushed down the, the Kingslayer persona and tried to be Jamie Lannister and do the best he can for that name but and also uh, separate himself from Cersei in recent episodes but I just don't buy that he would so suddenly go back to Cersei and again this could just be a pacing thing if this was drawn out over a longer period of time I would probably buy it but it's the fact that a few episodes ago he knighted Brienne their relationship was at an all time high then they made him sleep with Brienne for seemingly no reason other than to make it harder to accept when he leaves her. Mm. Uh, and now he's gone back to Cersei. It just it seems very very sudden considering where he was mentally uh, a few episodes ago up in Winterfell. Yeah, I don't disagree with anything you're saying, but also l- likewise, I feel like i i can buy i i can buy Jamie doing that. Um, yeah, and again, it maybe just comes down to me filling in the gaps in his story that maybe you weren't quite willing to in that moment to fill in. If that makes sense, mm. um, you probably weren't ready to to feel that switch back in his character. But for me, I guess it's more to do with the fact that I never felt Jamie Lannister had changed as such. It's just that we knew him more as the audience. Okay. Um, so, for instance, right at the beginning, we learned that Jamie Lannister, you know, he killed the Mad King before he, you know, before he burnt the whole city. Yep. And we, we, we learned that in such a way that he's presented to the audience as if he's a baddie for doing that, even though we understand the moral complexity of it. And then we see him pushing Bran out of the window. and. Yep we're not presented all of the information that we need to know about Jamie at that point. We just know that the action of pushing Bran out of a window is like heinous. So nothing's really changed. And he even says, you know, I'd I'd do it again. Like he has this bond with Cersei that he can't be broken. And Mm -hmm. he may hate her on some level, but for whatever reason, he's in love with her. And yeah, and not just in love of her, he loves her as a sister and as a lover and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, you can think what you want in, you know, the incestuous, you know, what problems you might have with that from a moral perspective. But that's not really the point of the story, is it? No. Um, so for okay. me, it's, it, it rings true, but because because it's not like his character actually changed. It's just that we're being let into a different part of his character if that makes sense as an audience Mm. but i do get what you're saying and i do think that again it's it's a matter of pacing i think i I literally i I genuinely believe that all of our problems could be solved with two extra seasons you know yeah and that's quite a lot more by the way but if we had two extra seasons or even 15 extra episodes overall I still think 15 is not enough. You know, I I really think we, we really lacked the time that was needed to tell the story properly. These last two seasons have just whizzed by way too quick. Yeah. Um, Because what I'm saying is stuff that I've read into it. So it's not it's not that I'm right. It's just stuff that I've read in. And if that's not clear to you and to other audience members, then they, I don't think they've perhaps done it well enough. Mm. So... I don't know. I just... Yeah. The... the the way they've treated Jamie recently, it just doesn't really. I don't buy it because, like, 
Brienne was the lens through which he changed and expanded, I think. Mm-hmm. And that scene in season three, in which he admits to her the real reason he killed the Mad King, which isn't actually common knowledge. Uh, people just think people. The reason he's called Kingslayer and hated is people think he murdered Aerys Targaryen because Tywin was at the gates and he wanted to let his dad in mm. um, to save himself and that's what Ned Stark judges him for that's what everyone hates him for yeah. and he has you know he's accepted that identity and he's like well if they're going to hate me I'll let them hate me I'll own this that's why he accepts the Kingslayer name that's why he's so bitter and jealous and angry and cocky as well the whole time because he just he's deeply deeply unhealthy in his head because of that and because of Cersei and um through his journey with Brienne he opens up a bit more um he sees through her that you know honesty is actually a virtue uh being honest to who you really are and what your real intentions are and then yeah the show didn't actually do the same thing that the books did in which he kind of systematically separates himself from Cersei and you know tries to resolve the river on siege peacefully the show didn't actually do that they had him threaten Edmure with throwing Edmure's baby over the walls from a catapult which is like a total total diversion from where he is in the books but fine the show did that that's their own decision so you have to take it on its own merits but I don't know I, I him then going through that journey going up north being with Brienne again fighting the good fight for the right cause and then after all of it going all the way back to Cersei I don't know it, it just doesn't seem right to me but you know I, there's no definitive right or wrong on it it's just my interpretation yeah and and to see to me even the way you described how he how he opened up to Brienne about what he was at what his intentions were when he killed Eris are indicative of what I was saying really in that all we had there we, that wasn't a change in character as such that was just a that was just an opening up of what he was doing that no one else understood previous to that mm so I'm not saying the character didn't change, but what I'm saying is, is that from my perspective, it was always as if the audience just learned more about him and continued yeah. to learn more about him than it was that he as a character had changed, especially the show version of Jamie Lannister, um, and that he was always connected to Cersei uh, in a way that he couldn't separate himself from fully. But I do understand also why it was jarring for you for him to go back and why then it became jarring that his journey just i mean it's totally pointless with the whole brienne thing you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I do get where i do understand where you're coming from there yeah. as well though. yeah i don't i don't disagree it's weird i don't disagree with anything you've said either it's just that it's just a slight very very slightly different interpretation of events yeah. that yeah. is probably more subjective than it is objective and it's you know it's totally fine that you that you found that slightly off and again it comes down to how quickly the pace moved and they just you know yeah it didn't develop the situation as well as they could have done because of that can we mention the golden company okay <laughs> you 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 talk about the golden company all right so the golden company are the golden company the most pointless inclusion in the show no no what, what's the most pointless inclusion in the show? How long you got? Okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, I, I, no. Uh, Golden Company. I, I don't. What a waste. Yeah, right? no, yeah. They're just. They've been built up. They're now. I, I say me. Um, that's me being generous, saying they've been built up. They're shoved in at the last minute, but they're they've been built up in these last few episodes that we've been shown, um, as a an imposing force. 20,000 strong mm. swords. they've never broken a contract this this is book information now so it's a bit unfair me saying this but um, they line up outside the walls this is another tactic thing I won't go on about this I just I need I need to mention it when you're why, why are they lining up outside the walls why I don't get it they're lining up outside the walls to defend the city get inside the walls right the only siege weaponry Danny and John have is one dragon. They yeah. don't have any other siege machines, and you already have countermeasures to deal with that dragon, which have been proven to be ridiculously effective. Last episode, we'll get to this again in a few minutes. Uh, 
so why are they in front of the walls it makes no sense anyway then they all just die instantly anyway so yeah fine yeah so that was one of the was is this what you were thinking is one of the moments that i um had a problem with in and of itself yeah yeah and then there's another one coming up much later but yeah yeah so obviously (laughs) it was just it was just it was just a moment that was cool again it was as if they wrote a cool moment again Mm. um they didn't care you know with the with the dragon coming up behind and setting them all ablaze yeah i mean it's again it's just cool you know yeah that's it it's it's cinematic spectacle cinematic yeah totally but again you have to forget everything you'd ever seen but um their costumes were awesome by the way yeah i like the costumes they have their their pants are a bit silly but yeah yeah i mean was this basically when the siege properly happened when daenerys went in and when everyone else started charging inside the walls and all that sort of stuff right yeah but before that um she roasts the entire iron fleet which all all the all the guys on scorpions have gone blind or their hands are shaky or something because they were they were like pinpoint accurate last episode but now they just can't hit anything and she just roasts them all roasts (laughs) all the scorpions just completely nullified you see dragons were taken down multiple pegs in the last episode yeah the balance the balance of effectiveness of things like this is really messy these last two episodes because right last episode scorpions were really really accurate and really imposing because a dragon needed to die yeah so they made these weapons like unstoppable now danny needs to take the city so the scorpions are completely ineffective now for some reason yeah um i don't know it just it's weird yeah no i agree at least she gets rid of euron yeah yeah so he he was in the running for one of the most pointless inclusions in the show (laughs) yeah you could probably you could probably have about you probably have a top 10 of most pointless parts of game of thrones which includes all of dawn the sand snakes if you want to be more specific euron the golden company um dire wolves have ended up being more pointless than they ever should have been yeah um and in fact they're they're sort of pointless on a really deep and annoying level actually <laughs> <laughs> whereas the golden comforts are pointless on a in like a, just a, like in a pointless way like so it's fine them being pointless because they're so pointless whereas yeah, there was never there was never a promise of anything no. more <laughs> whereas as i say there are certain things like dire wolves that um and Daenerys's whole arc that were pointless in <laughs> different, in more in more deep and annoying ways. Nah, nah, Daenerys, that's harsh. Daenerys's whole arc wasn't pointless. It's just that they missed out the the third quarter. Yeah. The weird thing about this, John seems like a side character in his own story now. Yeah. And it's because Arya killed that bloody Night King. Yeah. Yeah. That's just really like, true. Actually, he, he yeah. see like in this episode, he seems like a character on the level of Davos or something. Yeah, that's true. He really does. Yeah. And these again, that's not a problem in and of itself because, you know, there are no main characters, even though there are. There are two main characters now. But, you know, generally speaking, there are no main characters, no, like, main protagonists in this show. But Danny and John were always going to, like, come up to that level. Yeah. And now, because of what happened that Winterfell, John just seems kind of aimless. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really wondering why that's happened. And I, I've got a, an idea why that is. I think one of the ideas, why it is, is that they ended up tossing up, whether Arya kills Cersei <laughs> or whether yeah. Jaime dies with Cersei in the in below the Red Keep. Yeah. So they ended up having a toss up essentially, and they chose that Cersei would die the way she did with Jaime. So then they wanted something for Arya to do yeah that's what i that's what i think yeah so it's 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 probably the wrong reason um probably don't need to say too much about that but yeah it it certainly did and there was that bit where they're all storming into the uh, into king's landing yeah i didn't that i didn't like that bit very much because they're sort of um walking side by side davos <laughs> john and Grey Worm. Grey Worm. Yeah. Davos at the front like a hard man. What's he doing there? Yeah, he can't fight. He even says he can't fight. Davos um, kind of pops up in random places all the time, doesn't he? Remember he's <laughs> in the soup kitchen. 
Yeah. Yeah, he's the new, he's he's the, like the new vessel for every sort of moment, whereas it used to be people like Littlefinger and Varys that did that. Yeah. Whereas them doing that made sense in the sort of characters they were, right. to sort of slide their way into situations. Whereas now Davos is that guy, and there's no explanation for it. He's just there all the time. Yeah, I almost laughed at that shot to be honest. Yeah, uh, when it sweeps down and they're all marching in, it, it just looked really goofy. Obviously, Jamie and Euron have the fight. Oh God! Oh God! We're coming up. To- yeah, and this is surely this is one of your other big problems in relation to this scene when hmm. Jamie stabs Euron and walks away, and then Euron looks down the lens and says, "I'm the man who killed Jamie Lannister." He doesn't look down the lens, does he? Uh he might as well. Now, if he if he's not looking down the lens, his eyes are like a, fr- a couple of millimeters off. Let me have a look. It's too close. It's stupid. Don't get me wrong. Look, <laughs> it's totally stupid. Yeah, but it's not inconsistent. I no, suppose, it's not inconsistent it? with his character at yeah. this point. Like his character is ridiculous. Like he's just he's just some like really ridiculous character that doesn't belong. He just doesn't belong in that world for me. Roll I, the clip. I, oh Jesus! I, I've already rolled the clip back when I originally said it. Don't worry, bud. The clip has already been rolled. <laughs> Yeah, but now we have to ask anyone that's watching or listening to this whether they think he was looking down the lens or not. We'll have a poll. Poll. Okay. Roll the poll. <laughs> um, I could say I've actually we've actually skipped forward a little bit because I wanted to mention we the have. end of Arya's. I um, yeah no I I really liked everything involving Arya and the Hound in this episode. Yeah, I, I cannot believe I'm saying that in season eight of Game of Thrones after my previous gripes with both of those characters but like the two of them everything they're involved with is probably the stuff I like the most about this episode it's cool but also again I kind of don't understand Arya's point now oh I don't understand her point either I just thought Maisie was Arya again (laughs) Mm. and Rory McCann was the hound again yeah he's so good as well yeah when he's when he's not given stupid sweary dialogue he's like He's great. Yeah. Actually, I thought the dialogue was much better in this episode overall. It was, yep. Um, yeah, so Arya, sort of during that sort of section, runs back outside and she helps that mother that we were introduced to earlier in the episode and her daughter. Yeah. I just wanted to quickly go over that very briefly because I just thought the stuff, the stuff where it focused on these individuals in this crowd and particularly that moment I thought was brilliant. Um, just the way Arya had to leave the mother, tried to pull the daughter along. I thought at that moment she was going to get the daughter to come with her, but the daughter said no, turned around, gets killed as well. Yeah. I thought I thought that's brilliant. You know, it, yeah. felt, it felt really real. It felt like we've spoken very briefly before about um, sort of zombie films and, we, and zombie shows, sorry, and we spoke about uh, Black Summer on Netflix. Yeah. And one of the things I liked about that was how things happened suddenly but in a way which felt real. Yeah. Um it didn't like it didn't pause for these characters. Um it didn't make it so that Aya pulled the daughter to safety and, and give Aya an extra moment. In fact it was the moment that should have happened with John and Sam yeah. in a couple of episodes together where uh, ago when John sort of walked past watching Brienne getting killed and then Sam getting killed and then the next moment everyone was alive. Yeah. That was what should have happened. And I'm not, I'm not I'm not saying it should have happened in terms of the overall story, but I mean in terms of that sequence, if they're going to put that sequence into that episode, one of those characters, probably Sam should have died. Um yep. and it would have been impactful and it would have made sense. And and it was that added immersion level as well where you just feel like this is nightmarish and it's all sort of happening around you and they captured that really well with Arya and the mum and daughter here I no, I really really like that I, I'm kind of shocked they actually focused on the ground level like that to the yeah. extent that they did but I'm, I'm glad they did because mm. we had been missing that kind of thing for so long 100%. for the last two seasons and it's great to see them actually really really focus intently on it in this episode when it's really important to do that and it did actually um work 
as part of the main kind of crux of this episode which was Daenerys going mad and that impact Mm. and the impact is everyone on the ground level is completely screwed yeah exactly yeah I mean if they're gonna have that happen that Daenerys goes mad then the best way to show it and present it is to have us see what happens on the ground level and that's the best way of putting it like you just said and Mm. how people react to that on the ground level because that makes it human that makes it that's what makes it emotive the whole sequence yeah and also john saving the woman being raped by killing his own man yeah yeah i thought that's brilliant yeah again like that's john that's john snow we we remember that's the 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 honorable stark that we that we know and love and the audience know and love and especially when antithesized by i don't know if that's the word or if even is a word but you know what i mean by it it is um by Daenerys going mad at that moment so so essentially she's no longer the the Targaryen that we remember and know and love and he remains the Stark that we know and love and yep. I thought really well done a beautiful moment mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's strange to call moments where people are murdering and almost being raped beautiful aren't they <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> beautiful yeah, in, no. from a character development and character perspective moment yeah is it time maybe to talk about Daenerys a little bit? Like I know we I know we spoke about her at the beginning, but this is really the end of her uh descent. Um as she just burns everything to the ground. Her descent and we have said it's too quick and it happens too suddenly. One of the big problems for me is that this is the woman that we see freeing slaves, we see yeah. caring about mothers and children and fathers and men and women and everyone from all walks of life and we this is the character that's been shown to us and presented to us for all of this time mm-hmm. and it's all been discarded within one and a half episodes yeah that's not character development however you want to put it that's not character development no that's nope. a subversion for the sake of subversion and it might be that that's what happens in George's books that's not what I'm saying that's not the point because First of all, just because it's in George's books, it doesn't make it right anyway. <laughs> and like inherently right, you know, from yeah. a from a quality perspective. Mm-hmm. And second of all, if it is in his books, I presume that it will, you know, it will, the foundations will have been laid over the course of many seasons. We'll have seen more glimpses of it. Yeah. But the show Daenerys that we grew to know and love presented none of these traits whatsoever. And I mean whatsoever until about two episodes ago yeah uh i mean you could you could argue that her burning the tarlies in the previous season was a uh, but I, I don't buy that i don't buy that's anywhere near on the same level i uh, yeah i don't think so i don't she didn't really have a choice with the tarlies anyway they refused like everything she said so she she has to execute them yeah you know fine she you know she she roasted the slavers alive in previous seasons she crucified other people as well they're they're not you know they're pretty dark acts but the darkness isn't indicative of a mad tyrant no it's just indicative of her going to a bit of an extreme length for a just cause this what happens here is nothing to do with any semblance of a just cause whatsoever mm. yeah and even and even within this episode the things that they were trying to show us that were the foundation of her losing a mind such yeah. as her burning Varys, he'd committed treason. Yeah. So within the world of Westeros and the world of Game of Thrones that we'd be presented in previous seasons, that would be perfectly reasonable for him to be set to death. Yeah, exactly. That's off off of his head. Off of his head, yeah. But it was meant as a moment by the writers to be one of those moments foreshadowing her eventual decline. But that's... I don't buy... that. That's not significant in terms of that building block as far as I'm concerned. Mm. It doesn't make sense. If if Ned Stark could have done that, that would have been normal for Ned Stark. But what I'm saying by that is even the characters within the world were looking around as if this was an indicator of her going mad. <laughs> yeah, John gave her a look. As yeah, if she was, and I'm thinking, like, well, why? Ned Stark would have killed someone if they'd have, you know, committed treason against him. Yeah. And that's what that's what he would have done. It's, again, it's, it was a moment where they anachronised... I'm making up so many words. They, <laughs> they 
But, but again, you know what I mean? They anachronized <laughs> John, John a situation. B. John beheaded Janos Slint for not following one of his orders in exactly. the season. That's like far lower down the rung exactly. of, of <laughs> crimes than what Varys did. <laughs> Exactly. What yeah. Varys did was really bad from yeah. from the perspective of the world of Game of Thrones and would be punishable by death. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Yeah. And we what why again, like why build a structure, a foundational structure of a story in a world if you then later in the show ignore that, which is what they were doing there. They were trying to have us perceive that information from the modern perspective of someone burning someone to death yeah which was just like well why are you why are you asking modern me to see this now when you've been previously asking us to view this through the lens of it being a medieval feudal society <laughs> that's a good way to put it yeah <laughs> <laughs> but they're flip they're flip-flopping between how they want us to perceive things at this point ah. is it modern is it our modern perceptions of things or is it the uh, imagining that we were looking through this lens of medieval society because you got you got to pick one. <laughs> yeah, big, bit of consistency. Yeah, yeah, totally. Amelia sold the whole thing really well, and Amelia was great. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I thought from from a sort of a broad strokes perspective, I thought it was fitting in a way to, to everything, and the way they dealt with the whole repercussions of it all were amazing and cinematic and visually spectacular, and how Cersei overlooked the whole situation was just rang true to me for who Cersei is and her final little plot moments and character moments felt yeah. believable to me yeah uh, I I feel sorry for Lena Headey to be honest because she's had so little to do this season and then she gets really good material to bite into here in, in her last episode yeah and she absolutely nails it and it just it, it made me realise how much I actually missed Cersei being mm. like a key focus of the show because she like she's just been hanging around for the last while doing nothing mm. and um, yeah just seeing her in these last few scenes just really brought it all back home to me that I, I really really miss seeing Lena bite into really hefty material because I, I love Lena in this show and Nikolai the two of them in this episode were fantastic as yeah. was Amelia yeah totally yeah really really good performances actually from those three in particular like you say I guess I mean uh, we've basically gone over everything apart from two more things which is the, oh, the very ending um, which I'll come, we should come to in a second and just before that we'll <laughs> briefly touch on all the fans knew it was coming so it's fan it's fan service <laughs> it's fan service yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely fan service um, again it might come in the books that doesn't make it any less fan service it's, 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 it's no. all about presentation of it yeah. and in the way it was presented it was fan service it, it was, was fan cool. service <laughs> yeah see yeah this is the thing the scene was done well mm. the fight the fight was good but it didn't deserve that amount of time no because who cares what does this change what does the outcome of this fight change absolutely nothing whatsoever has no impact on anything if the hound survived nothing would be different if the mountain survived nothing would be different so true um, yeah and yeah it, it went on for too long it's totally fan service but again in isolation it's a really good fight and also I will be quite positive about something here very briefly I loved seeing armor actually act as armor in this fight in that so often we see film and TV just completely disregard how armor works and someone swings at someone else with a sword and they die despite the fact they might be wearing like chainmail or plate um, which is pretty much impenetrable but here we see the, the, the hound swinging at the mountain his sword bounces off his breastplate multiple times. That's great because you can't cut through that. Um, also, you know, the mountain holds up his hand, deflects blows with like the van braces on his on his arms. Great as well because you can't cut through those. And then there is one little moment where the hound stabs right through his breastplate. Usually I would have an issue with that because it's not really realistic. But I do excuse it in this instance because this is the hound's entire purpose in life he's full of rage and adrenaline he's a big guy he's super strong anyway 
and if there's ever a moment where you can excuse someone shoving a sword through a chunk of iron or steel uh, it's this fair yeah fair yeah. I mean it was yeah that's really well put actually um, and also I will I will briefly say that it worked better as the ending to his arc if not purely for the fact that only a few minutes before he'd said to Arya look at what revenge does to a person yeah. look what it's done to me yeah. and it was a good line and then his ending made that line even more prophetic um, yeah. and it also made Arya's arc stronger as well so the combination of those two characters together which you'd already said worked really well with a really strong and potent and meaningful line followed by his ending it did work well and it did give his arc a little bit of meaning even, even if I can still understand what you're saying that there wasn't really a purpose to it exactly see if, if, you know if this is to happen in the books I imagine it will be serving some other character mm. like it'll be Cersei's trial by combat or something like she chooses yes. the mountain yes. he fights for the faith whatever um, yeah. that would make more sense because it's not literally a final boss fight on the steps of a crumbling tower mm. where like he chips away and his armour falls off bit yeah. by bit <laughs> and then the ending which was again as the result of something very very prophetic in season 2 yeah with the the ash yeah yeah and King's Landing destroyed mm. I think that's a really I thought that was really well done yeah they didn't yeah, mention like it they didn't they just had the ash slowly falling. Yeah, you put the pieces together yourself. Yeah. Although I I imagine they'll have a similar shot in the final episode of Daenerys actually walking up to the throne, maybe. Yes. M- more on the nose. But yeah, I, I like yeah. they didn't really draw specific attention to it in this. It's just up to you. Yeah, and then I uh, gets on a horse. I don't really know what the horse thing was about, personally. I don't know. I imagine this will be... Th- there'll be loads of stupid articles online about deciphering what this means right right <laughs> i don't i don't know i don't know what it means like there are loads of interpretations for what a white horse could mean a white horse could mean purity hope life there's also the pale horse which is a sign of death in the apocalypse mm-hmm. um there's also the pale mare in the books is the name of uh, a type of flu that decimates people outside marine towards the end of a dance of dragons um and like there are loads of real life interpretations of white horses in history and culture as well there's no like definitive meaning of that though what i did take from it myself when i was watching the episode is that aria is choosing to serve life over serving death and that lines up with her leaving the hound and helping people rather than cutting down Lannisters or anything like that and then finally just getting up on the horse and riding out of King's Landing oh that's brilliant I don't know I might be wrong yeah you might be but that's a cool interpretation doesn't Mm. matter if you're wrong or it it could just be Bran that's walked into that horse and she's like Bran (laughs) (laughs) imagine if it's just that oh my god (laughs) that'd be brilliant I want that to happen bring on the schlock bring on the stupidity you've just like created this really nice meaningful point uh, you know what I mean oh, I can't speak you've just created this really nice and meaningful um, expectation of what it could have been or interpretation of what it could have been and it's literally just that it was Bran it's just Bran oh he actually did something yeah exactly at wow. least that way he would have done something He'd have brought a, <laughs> he would have brought a horse to her when she needed Why, what, what, what's Bran what's <laughs> What was the, what was ever the point of Bran? <laughs> ever? Not even joking. No, they, he could have been cut from the show, and nothing would really no. change, would it? No, would have changed Jamie Lannister's arc a little bit. But okay, kill oh, him yeah, there tr- when he true. falls out yeah. of the when he falls out of the thing. That makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't done anything since he went up north, sat in the tree. No, and uh, like the, the army of the dead is going to be coming south anyway, regardless of whether he's oh, are they? Regardless of whether he's there or not. I don't know. That whole him being the target for the Night King, I think that's a bit of a, a show. Oh yeah, massively. 
yeah, contrivance. Yeah. Yeah, they're, we... they're always going to be coming south anyway. We know that. Well, they're not coming south anymore. They're all dead. Oh. Oh, yeah. Well, oh. Um, yeah, so just... I think that's it, really. That wraps it all up, really, in terms of our thoughts on the episode. Um, overall, we really enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah. As, as a self-contained episode, I give it five out of five. As a part of wow. a wider scope of a TV show, I'd give it three, maybe two. As, yeah, as, yeah. I, I, yeah, I agree with those scores. Yeah. Um, if anyone has actually got this far in the video, watch the whole thing and listen to it. Um, it might be worth pointing out that we've had a couple of people saying, why don't you put more video in? Well, it's over an hour long. And if we were to put video of the episode in this podcast video then it would be we'd need more footage than the length of the actual episode <laughs> so we'd need to include all of the episode in the video which is you know you can't do on youtube so there's no way around that really we'd like to include more video but a the point i just raised and b that would take a long time and we're trying to get these out in you know relatively soon after we've actually seen the episode so that it's still relevant otherwise it would take us two months and it would no longer be relevant so yeah. we, you know and also it's just you know it's a little bit of fun we'd like to we like to discuss these things have these chats and we want to engage with other people as well so we'd be interested in hearing anyone else's thoughts so yeah thanks for watching and yeah bye bye <laughs>